Next on BYU Sports Nation, conference realignment lives in 2019. Would BYU as a member of the American Athletic Conference make any sense? David Nixon will join the program. We'll ask him that question as well as what win-loss record would he consider successful this season? Plus, Jimmer Fredette playing for the Golden State Warriors. Could it be? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live on a Monday, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy June 24th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. For the start of a new week, I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the speed coach for the BYU basketball coaches, Jason Shepard. It's all about the start you get out of the box. That that determines everything. Spencer. Keep the stride long. It's all about the start you get, regardless of what sports you're playing. Who's the fastest basketball coach at BYU right now? I'm going to say it's Mark Pope. <laughs> well, he tweeted this out with Utah State head basketball coach Craig Smith. In Arizona recruiting, heading from one gym to the next, the great coach Smith, USU, pulls up, rolls down the window, and says, let's race. So, of course, we did. Who won? Here's, dot, dot, dot. Here's what we need to know. What cars were they driving? Because if they're on recruiting, they're in a rental car, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering what type did somebody get, like, you know, the 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 uh, the addition? You know what okay. I'm saying? Like, they, they, oh, they the bumped upgrade. it up. The, they upgrade. the upgrade. That's the word I was looking for, the upgrade. Coach Smith rolling around in a Beamer. <laughs> I want to know, know what they were driving. Mark Pope's got some American muscle in a Dodge Challenger. Let's be honest. They were probably both driving around in, like, sedans, okay? <laughs> Two-door sedans. <laughs> Seriously, somebody has a Toyota Yaris. Yeah, somebody's somebody's walking by. Did I just see two guys in in Pontiacs racing each other? (laughs) That's a funny image. Mark Pope in a Toyota Yaris. (laughs) Yes, let's race. Let's race in the cars. Let's race with our feet. Oh, good stuff. Coach Pope and Coach Smith, thanks for being good sports. And uh, again, huge show today. David Nixon is back on the program, former BYU and NFL linebacker. What's the best defensive group on this BYU football team in 2019? And some position changing might affect his opinion there. Plus, big deal, no deal featuring the Avengers, Jason. Oh, yeah. If that weren't enough, it also features Jimmer Fredette and the Golden State Warriors. Who's kind of an Avenger. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Yes, my friends, it is true. Golden State Assistant General Manager Larry Harris has confirmed that Jimmer Fredette will play for the Golden State Warriors in the Las Vegas Summer League. That news out this morning. Jimmer played six games for the Phoenix Suns last season, averaging 3.7 points over just under 11 minutes a game. The Vegas Summer League runs July 5th through the 15th. Wow. Yeah, we will discuss more about that coming up. Athlon Sports ranks ranks Washington as BYU football's toughest game this season, saying, quote, when a team must replace 13 starters, it's natural to assume this team will take a step back. Making such an assumption with Washington isn't a smart thing to do. Chris Peterson is one of the best college football coaches in the country, and he has more than enough talent to in place to keep the defending Pac-12 champions at a high level, Whoa. end quote. Uh, by the way, P5 opponents Utah, Tennessee, and USC finish out the top four in those rankings. Okay. 
Washington loses 13 starters. It's <laughs> a lot. And we expect them to be almost as awesome as they were last year. How about that and the strength of the program that Chris Peterson has running in the Northwest? Taylor Sander leads Team USA Volleyball with 15 points. Ben Patch, another former Cougar, added 14 to help Team USA to a three-sets-to-one victory against China in the Volleyball Nations League. Fellow Cougar Price Jarman just called up to the Volleyball Nations League roster for this week's matches against Iran, Bulgaria, and Serbia. BYU Volleyball has their fingerprints yeah. all over United States Volleyball on the men's and women's side, and I love it. Yeah, it's awesome to be able to tune into these and see former Cougars playing in these. It's fantastic. I mean, coaches, players. Yeah, absolutely. Rob Nielsen's on the men's side. We've got Heather Olmstead involved on the women's side. I mean, it's it's fantastic. You can't spell volleyball without the Y. <laughs> Offensive lineman Tristan Hodge told Jay Drew that his cousin Bo Hodge will take a medical redshirt this season to recover from various lower leg and foot injuries. However, Hodge is not retiring and intends to play in the 2020 season. Best of luck to Bo as he gets healthy and sits out. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Conference realignment oh. lives, Jason. You're speaking my language, Spencer. What in the world? The Yukon Huskies making some big news over the weekend. This courtesy our friend at Brett underscore McMurphy of Stadium Sports. Yukon will join the Big East in all sports. It sponsors likely in 2020. Sources told Stadium. It's unknown whether UConn football will remain in the American Athletic Conference, play in another FBS conference, perhaps the MAC or Conference USA, or go independent, the source said. First reported by at Dig Sports Desk. That got the wheels turning, Jason. <laughs> it took about 0.4 seconds for BYU fans on Twitter to say, hey, if UConn's doing it, why can't BYU do it? Should the Cougars replace UConn in the American Athletic Conference? Jason, seriously, does BYU as a member of the AAC make any sense? Okay, follow me on this. Initial answer, yes. Whoa. Yes. Now, just follow me. Okay. Look, of all of the G5 conferences... The American seems like the one that is the most aggressive in fighting for inclusion. They have a P6 sticker on that's their helmets I, for crying that's out That's what loud. I'm saying. And you know, hey, everybody in this state really loves a sticker, okay? <laughs> so Those in Salt Lake County <laughs> yeah, particularly. Bumper stickers, certainly. But in, in terms of inclusion, they are the ones that are fighting for it the most and really championing that. BYU already has a relationship with the American due to scheduling. The two have been linked as a possible fit in the past. Geographically, certainly that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Travel would be a nightmare, Correct. but it's something, it's one of those things like it's not, it's never going to be a perfect situation. So if, if travel's the worst thing, then, then I, I guess maybe you can understand that. Yes, it makes sense, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen until there is a clear cut advantage for BYU to not be independent, they will stay independent. It has to be hands down a better situation in terms of financial, uh, in terms of flexibility. It has to be hands down better for BYU to not be independent. Which is why I say, no, it makes no sense for BYU to join the American Athletic Conference at this time. It is all about timing. And we're now what we think 
under five years away from what we are anticipating could be a major realignment and yeah. restructure of college football in 2023 and 2024 when the television rights for three of those five major conferences come up and are renegotiated. This is the time that BYU hopes maybe a conference takes the leap, goes to 16 teams, and then the dominoes start to fall, which would bring BYU back into that conversation to become a member of a Power 5 conference. Sure, if BYU could get a similar financial deal that Boise State has with the Mountain West Conference in the American Athletic Conference and keep their TV rights and all that stuff, yeah, it'd be fun, it'd be great. That's not going to happen. It's not real, people. Let BYU's high maintenance that way. Like, it's unfortunate that Boise State got the deal that BYU wanted in the Mountain West, but it's like the Mountain West learned they knew they needed Boise yeah. State, so they accommodated. BYU is not going to have that luxury with the American. Okay, and I make this comparison a lot because I love candy and I love cars, so I'm going to go the candy route today. BYU in the whack was M&M's. All right, thin, coated, chocolate chip, delicious, right? They had great success with M&M's. Then the Mountain West comes along. It's like, ooh, peanut M&M's. I like peanut M's. Change it up. It's yes. a little bit better. Okay? After that, how did everybody feel about going independent in 2010 when it was announced? And then in 11. Oh, it's so cool. It's great. Here come the peanut butter M&M's. Yes, this is going to be amazing. Forget the Mountain West and the G5 conferences. BYU's doing something on their own. Now people are getting tired of that. And I feel like this is just the next thing. Oh, the American. This is caramel M&M's. It's going to be no, incredible. Okay, see, I knew it's going to be incredible, Jason. I knew where you were going with that. Okay. I am going to put the kibosh on that being the caramel. <laughs> P5 is the caramel. Okay. <laughs> Listen, hear me no, out. No, 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 no. The AAC <laughs> is like the, uh, the, the crispy M&M's. <laughs> Delicious. Okay. 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 But like the, the. Whatever. Up here Carm- okay. is the caramel M&M's. That's P5. Fine. Fine. I concede. Your crispy M&M's are the American. My point <laughs> is everybody loves something different and new. And it just it's a little bit stagnant. It's a little bit old. <laughs> Jason, in my opinion, the Power Five is the whole stinking candy store. Okay. Wait for the whole candy store with all the M&M's and everything else that goes along with it. Why trade up for crispy M&Ms or trade down, really, from independence when you could potentially have the whole candy store in four to five years? And if it doesn't happen then, okay, maybe then you consider a different flavor of M&M, but just wait. Just wait. Also, last I checked, health of the Olympic sports for BYU, better than ever right now in the West Coast Conference. Uh, they're fantastic. Better than ever. Can you imagine soccer traveling to the Northeast in November to play a league game in the American? It'd be a nightmare. Like, if we put the American in the Midwest, one word answer before we move on. One word answer. If the American Conference, the majority of the teams are in the Midwest, does that change your opinion? Travel certainly is a huge part of this because it's expensive. That's more than one, that's more than one word, Spencer. It's I expensive. See. Maybe. Maybe. All right. Now I want M&Ms. And now on to topic number two. <laughs> Players switching positions, it's nothing new. In fact, Diane Gawolik, who has switched positions before from corner to safety. Uh Well, on media day, Diane had this to say. I'm just getting ready to play corner, so we'll see. I'm kind of playing both. kind of up in the air right now. Okay. Do you have a preference of of your favorite position? I kind of like corner more just because it's more physical, and I've made my most plays there, so (laughs) why not like it? All right. As he said, he's preparing to play corner. 
with that in mind, which position group on the defensive side, Spencer, do you think is the strongest? Oh, man, Dianga Woloku is so much of a football player that he gives the cornerbacks a case as being the strongest yeah, position right. group. He is a ball hawk. He's just around the ball when turnovers happen. So I really like the move by Diane to the cornerback situation. I feel good about the secondary, as good as I really can, because you always wonder about that position at BYU. Diane is a, in his teammates' words, he's a dog. And in the words of Kalani Satake, he can play any position on the field. They feel like he will be the best at corner, and I tend to agree. So he makes a case, but still, the man sitting next to him in that interview clip we just showed you <laughs> leads the group that I think is going to be the best, the linebackers. Zane Anderson and Isaiah Kafusi together leading the linebacker core. You got to love it. Whoever they put in in the middle, and there are a number of guys competing for that position, are going to have a dynamite season because Isaiah and Zane are so good on the outside. And we might even see those two come inside, especially in the nickel side, so on the nickel defense. I like the linebackers led by the experience of Zane Anderson. And Isaiah Kafusi is a different type of mentality. That dude, understand, he, he kind of runs to Cameron Jensen, his approach, the general. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not the fastest guy. But he's always making the play, and he is an incredible leader. BYU hasn't had a leader like Isaiah Kafusi in all aspects of that term in a very long time. And he's a linebacker. You don't have to convince me on the talents of Isaiah Kafusi. I said on this program, I think he is the next great BYU linebacker. He's a leader, man. He is fantastic. And I love the linebacker position at BYU historically. It is fantastic. I don't see any reason why that drops off. I'm not going that direction, though, with my answer. I'm going with the defensive line. Okay. And one of the biggest reasons, pun intended, <laughs> is Kairos Tonga. Understandable. Any position that has Kairos Tonga on it is going to get my vote. This guy's going to be playing in the NFL. Whenever he chooses to go to the next level, he is an absolute nightmare for opponents to try and block. Yes, losing Corbin Kafusi is a big deal, but his brother Devin is more than capable of continuing that legacy of Kafusi's on the defensive line for BYU. You look at guys like Bracken Elbakri, Zach Daw, Lorenzo Fautea, Trajan Peely, all of these guys are beasts. And beyond just the guys who are going to start, I think it's the depth okay. on the defensive line that I like the most and one of the reasons why I'm going with this position. And if you think about it, dominant defensive fronts have always been a staple of Kalani Satake defenses. He and Elisa Tuiaki have been building that position since they got here to BYU a few years ago, and I think it pays off this season. I like the defense as a whole. I do too. Secondary, linebackers, defensive front. I think BYU has a very solid group on the defensive side of the ball. The big question is, how dynamic can the offense be? Because I think the defense is right where we expect them to be after the Bronco Mendenhall years. And especially in 2012 and 2013 when they were so good and so deep and sent so many guys to the NFL, this is a group that could put multiple guys into the National Football League on the defensive side. I like it. So I don't, I, it's hard for me, it was hard for me to answer because I'm like, man, I'm picking between, I think, three solid position yeah. groups. Yeah. And you know who will be facing that great defense? Hit it. Countdown to the Utes. 66 days away. Oh, yeah. We're getting there. We are getting there. Again, it started at like 240-something. Terrible. No. 
Now it's at 66. 66 <laughs> days away. Uh, Tom Bell is our number 66 shout-out today. Played for the Cougars throughout the 70s. 1996 BYU Hall of Famer. Helped the Cougars to the first undefeated regular season in football history. Two-time All-WAC first team. APL All-American honorable mention. Tom Bell, shout-out, brother. What's up? All right, on to topic three, Jason. We just learned that Jimmer Fredette... Courtesy of Say the with reverence. Golden State Warriors assistant general manager that Jimmer Fredette will play in the NBA Summer League in Las Vegas with the Golden State <laughs> Warriors. Jason, what is your reaction to the official news that Jimmer will be suiting up with the Warriors in Vegas? I want to ask you a quick question before I answer that. Okay. Who was the player who tweeted out that Jimmer Fredette was the best scorer in in Basketball. In the world. In the world, that's correct, yes. That would be Kevin Durant. Interesting. Kevin Durant goes down with an injury. <laughs> Who did they pick up the phone and call? Jimmer. <laughs> Jimmer! <laughs> Look, uh, my first reaction when this all started breaking was, wait, he's not with the Suns? Yeah, oh, apparently he's been waived. Apparently he's been waived. Like, I literally searched for information like yeah. to, to see if this was... For sure, an official. I cannot find anywhere where it says he's officially been waived, but he clearly has been waived if he's playing for somebody else in, in the summer league. Um, I, look, I feel like this is probably one of his last chances. Maybe his the, last chance. It may be his last chance in the NBA. I have to say, though, a team like Golden State, that system may actually be a really good fit for Jimmer Fredette. I like that from a stylistic standpoint. Now, at the end of the day, he has to perform well when given the minutes. That's something that so far in the NBA, for whatever reason, Jimmer's just not been able to produce like we're used to seeing him produce in NBA situations. That's what this will boil down to. But in terms of like a fit and an opportunity, I think it's a great fit from a style standpoint. And I think it's a really good fit in terms of a possible opportunity. Why not? And if you did miss the news, Warriors assistant GM Larry Harris telling at Joe Lowe and Dibs that NBA veteran Jimmer Fredette will be on the Warriors summer league roster. So this is happening. It, it was a rumor over the weekend. We saw it pop up there and I was like, eh, I'll buy into yeah. it when it's real. Now it's real. And I, the, my first reaction was, sweet. The summer just got a ton more compelling. Yeah, and all those games are on TV, by the way, ESPN and NBA TV. From July 5th, I think, through the 15th or the 16th. 5th through the 15th, yep. Jimmer Fredette playing with the Golden State Warriors. How much time is he going to get on the court? How, what kind of an opportunity are they really going to give him? Because the summer league is more suited to a guy like Jimmer Fredette. Right. There's not as much on the line. Maybe the pressure's a little bit different or a little less for him. Nobody plays defense in summer league. I mean, they, nobody. Can Jimmer Fredette, with all of the Warriors' injuries and the turnover there, somehow sneak his way into one of those final few roster spots for the Golden State Warriors and just maybe be a contributor for eight to ten minutes a game? I think it's a really intriguing opportunity for him. Like, like I said, from a style standpoint, this fits what Jimmer wants to do. And you're right. Summer League is designed for guys like Jimmer. With that kind of offensive prowess, that's, that is a perfect place for him to be. Everybody's been clamoring for this. Every BYU fan is like, well, if Jimmer could just shoot it like Steph, if they'd give him an opportunity, then maybe he'd, he'd stick in the NBA. 
He's with he's with the Warriors summer league team now. And good for Jimmer. Good on Jimmer for not feeling like he's above playing in the summer league. Like this is a dream. He wants to play in the NBA and he's willing to do whatever it takes. There may be some that say, I'm beyond playing in the summer no, league. No, That's no, for first no. and second year guys. He wants an opportunity, he's willing to do whatever it takes. That that I, I admire immensely. Show him up, man. That's right. Show up those young bucks in the summer league. Our question of the day, back to football, Jason. This is a loaded weekend and a loaded question. <laughs> Do you think BYU as a member of the American Athletic Conference makes sense? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. In on Instagram is Voilisi64. Geographically, no. But it would be better than independence by a long shot, and we aren't going to get a Power 5 invite anytime soon. What is soon? Why would you not wait just to see what happens when the new restructuring of the TV deals comes up in 2023 and 2024? I feel like it's so close. That's like four years away. That's not that far away. So I disagree. I understand the urgency, but... Would you rather have potentially the whole candy store or your crispy M&M's, okay, or a different type of like M&M's? You're going to want to get greedy, and you want the whole candy store. Right? I get it. Just, just You're so close now. Just it, wait to see what happens. If the AAC or any other conference gives you a better option than independence, you look at it. If it's not a better option, you stay where you are. You're not doing this for something that is inferior. I told you this was a loaded show. You're not. We're only 21 minutes into it, so don't go anywhere. That's right. Coming up, more from you on our question of the day in Voice of the Nation. Yeah, what do you think about BYU? Any sense to them going to a conference like the AAC? Plus, David Nixon, former BYU and NFL linebacker, will join with his opinions on that matter. And what does he think is the best defensive position group for the Cougars? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, what's better, Zach Wilson's Australian accent or Lopini Katoa's Kawhi Leonard laugh? And out of all of the athletes who join the show, who completes the hardest challenges yet? Watch BYU Media Day Part 2 now on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Katoa's Kawhi Leonard laugh is the best, and it's not <laughs> close. Oh. Zach does a lot of things well. An Australian accent is not one of them. I wanted to break out into the crocodile hunter. This is the fierce snake. One bite from him and it's all over. <laughs> I'm on the record as saying if I could have any accent, it would be an Australian accent. <laughs> we are live in Studio B. Your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play continues. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jason Shepard. Loaded Monday show. It's June 24th, and I'm ready for real sports tomorrow. Tonight, forget it, let's go. Our question of the day, do you think BYU as a member of the American Athletic Conference makes sense? On Twitter, at CPA underscore nerd 83, answers no. If BYU was forced to go back to a non-P5 conference, I'd go to the Mountain West Conference. The main reason is geographical fit. I would still prefer independence over AAC or Mountain West Conference. I think there's a lot of sense to that. Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, longtime friend of the program, all-around good dude, still working on that golf handicap probably as we speak, David Nixon. David, welcome back to the show. Hey, what's going on, fellas? How's the summer treating you, my friend? 
Uh, it's fantastic. It's a, it's a great summer. The weather's been great. Um, and uh, like you said, golf's been great as well. You and I golfed just, uh, what, a week and a half or so ago? Yes, and you played much better than I did for the majority of that, so congratulations. It's, it's, it's always hit and miss. Don't worry, Spencer. <laughs> Look, David, I know, I know you've played some, some courses, some really impressive courses. What's the one you haven't played that's on the bucket list? Pebble Beach. And I've got I've got to get out there soon, but that's that's the one that's still on the list. I haven't played is Pebble. Nice. So, but we're going to do a BYUSN uh, Pebble Beach Day here soon <laughs> enough. So get 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 your get your clubs warmed up there, Jason. Yeah, yeah, uh, we're working on we'll that. Do. <laughs> Dave, uh, huge news with BYU football last week with Media Day. Of course, the news that Neil Pau. Uh, he has an uncertain football future after he was arrested for his DUI. And then, of course, all of these position changes. That has us thinking, specifically with Diane Galwoliku, who said he's going to play cornerback. You're a defensive guy, David. Which is the strongest position group on this BYU defense after some position movement? I think it has to be that secondary. I think with Dine uh, back there, I think you got Austin Lee, you got Troy Warner. You've got a lot of guys that have experience. That was one of the positives from last year with everyone going down with injuries and being banged up is you had a lot of these younger kids, Malik Moore, um, that, they, that got some work. Chris Wilcox, of course, has been kind of a mainstay back there, but D'Angelo Mandel, uh, Isaiah Heron. I mean, there's a lot of guys that, that were out there playing uh, last year that, that got reps, and uh, you know now they're ready to, they've had some game experience and not ready to go out there and play. So I think that's secondary. I think the backers will be solid, um, and there's names that we're familiar with, but you got Zane Harrison coming off injury, Isaiah Kafusi coming off injury. So you got guys that have been banged up a little bit. They're going to have to you know, shake off some rust. Um, but I like that secondary. And then, of course, the, the defensive line, you got the, the mainstay, which is you, you always need a strong nose tackle because he really is the anchor of your defense. you got Kyrus Tonga, who's arguably the best defensive player this year uh, on the entire unit. Um, but, um, you know, you look, at, you look at the roster for our for BYU's defense, and it's solid up and down. Um, and, and when you ask what's the you know strongest unit, I think you say secondary. But I think we'll we'll find that this linebacker crew, uh, once they kind of get a chance to gel together and go out there and, and do their thing, I think you'll be surprised by them. And then defensive line, I think you're, you'll see guys that will uh, kind of emerge and, and be go-to guys, uh, Bracken O'Bakery and Trajan Peely. I, these type of guys will emerge and, and be true playmakers. David, whether it's a, a position group or a storyline, what's your biggest question regarding this team right now? I think offensively, you look at, you know, Zach Wilson had a fantastic year last year, but who's he going to throw the ball to? And I think that's the biggest worry, especially now, as you mentioned at the beginning of this interview with Neil Powell being out. Um, I mean, you look at the, the receiver crew, Gunnar Romney, Micah Simon, Talon Shomway, Alevi Hifo, Dax Milne. You add up all their touchdowns from last year combined, that's including Neil Powell, combined nine touchdowns. That's less than one a game. Um, and so there's, there's just not a go-to guy in there right now, and, and I think that's what has to emerge. Of course, you got Matt Bushman, Moroni coming back, who um, are your studs. And, and, in fact, Matt Bushman, out of those receivers that I mentioned, had more receptions and more yards than any of them. Um, and so I'm not worried about the tight ends, but I'm staying on the, on the wide receiver. When you need a guy to run a nine route, when you need a guy to run a fly route down the field who can stretch the defense vertically, who is going to be that guy? Who's going to go up and, and make a play for the ball and go for it? 
I don't know. And I think, of course, we all hope it's Gunnar Romney or Talon Shumway. They've shown some, some flashes of brilliance. But at the end of the day, there's just not a lot of experience there. And frankly, there's not a lot of production. And so the biggest question mark for me on, on the offense side of the ball, and frankly for the entire team, is the wide receiver crew. And, and I know Fessy Stock, he's coaching them up. He's doing a great job there. But um, somebody's got to emerge. Because you look at BYU's teams in the past, they've always had an Austin Colley um, or Cody Hoffman or a true playmaker to go to when it is third and eight and you need a first down. Who's your reliable guy? And I think right now there's some question marks around that crew. So um, – that that's for me is the the one area that cause is a cause for concern, but I'm also confident some will somebody will step up to the plate and uh, you know make a splash. David Nixon with us on BYU Sports Nation, former BYU outstanding linebacker, four years in the NFL. We're discussing the 2019 BYU team, and David, this is a loaded question, but one that we've been bouncing off of each other here in Studio B for a while now. What would qualify as success in terms of a win-loss record for BYU this season, given the difficulty of the schedule, or at least we think it's difficult because of what we see on paper? I think, listen, you've got to have a winning record, first and foremost. I think seven and a 7-5 and five type approach is, is where you need to be. Uh, but then I think you take small victories in there, and I think you look at it as uh, kind of seasons within a season, right? Um, and, and BYU's first four brutal games. Can you come out of there 2-2? Two and two? I think that's a victory. Um, and then as you move throughout the season, can you protect Lavelle Edwards Stadium? Can you, can you win at home? Um, and, and so for this team, I, I think the grand scheme, yeah, you can throw out there the 7-5 and five or 8-4, and four, uh, whatever it may be. Um, but I think BYU needs to kind of move beyond that in, in the sense that they, they've got to win at home. And that's something that, you know, Spencer, you and I were talking about. My, my last three years there, we were 18-0 and at home. And, you know, playing at home was special. And that was a place that you protected. And that, you didn't let teams come in there and beat you up. And, and some, that's something that this BYU team has struggled with in years past is, um, you know, playing, playing at home. In fact, we joked last year when they, they won at Wisconsin, there was a while there they almost played better on the road than they did at home. And there were some comments uh, by certain players players kind of backing that up. And so uh, they, they've got to get back to, to owning uh, the, the field at home and, and playing well there. But, um, you know, it's a tough schedule. In fact, arguably probably the most difficult independent schedule we, we've had, uh, top to bottom. And you, you look at the depth of the, of the schedule. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of opportunity there. And I think that's what's most exciting is this is what, as a player, this is what you want. You want to play these four P5 schools to kick off the season. I mean, you want to play on the biggest stages. And that's exactly what they're doing. So the opportunity is there, and the question is, can the team take advantage of it? David, you could not have set up our next question any better. Obviously, the focus at least to begin the year is on that first month with all the P5 teams. Now, you do have, you know, three of those at home, which is certainly a good thing. Which of the first four games do you believe are winnable? Uh, all of them. <laughs> I mean, you, you, go back, you go back to last year, nobody thought BYU could go into Wisconsin, you know, ranked sixth in the country at the time and beat them, you know, uh, but this team believed it. And, and frankly, as a competitor, as a, as a football player, you have to think you can win. You, you, when you step on that field, you have to go out there and know that I'm going to beat that team. And maybe it doesn't happen, uh, but you've got to have that confidence. Otherwise, you're going to lose every game. So those guys are training right now. They're running sprints. They're out there in the heat, uh, lifting weights. It's miserable right now. Uh, but they all have that goal in mind is, is when that first game kicks off against Utah, that they're prepped and ready and that they can run the table and, and uh, put it all together. But um, from a realistic perspective, I, for me, I don't think there's any reason why they can't go 2-2. Two and two. I, You know, it's well documented. Utah's going to be their toughest game in that whole stretch. I mean, they've returned a lot of horses, um, and, and, and they've got a lot of experience on that team. Um, whereas in the rest of them, I think there's, there's some key 
key positions that were up for grabs. You look at Washington, new quarterback. Uh, USC has kind of been in flux a little bit. Um, Tennessee, I think they're still trying to find their identity. So there's teams that are frankly almost the same boat as BYU and, and that they've, they've got great tradition. Um, and they've had flashes of brilliance throughout their you know, last decade or so, uh, but they're all kind of in this pattern of, of trying to figure themselves out. So um, it's a great time to catch Tennessee and USC. Uh, of course, Washington had a fantastic year last year, but they're rebuilding a little bit with, with the talent that's left. Um, so for me, there's no reason why BYU can't go two and two in that, in that first you know, month and, and come out of there with uh, you know, some, some, some guys that have gained that experience and they're ready to roll throughout the rest of the schedule. David, over the weekend, conference realignment was floated back out there into the sports stratosphere, and people took it and ran with it. UConn (laughs) is going back to the Big East in all sports except for football, and now their football team is left to wonder, are they going to be a member of the American, or are they going to end up in CUSA, are they going to end up in the MAC, or are they going to go independent and go the BYU route? And then all of a sudden, BYU fans are thinking, well, maybe the Cougars should take the Husky spot in the American because it's time. Does BYU to the American Athletic Conference make any sense to you? First off, you have to love June and July when when the NBA finals are over and there's just not, there's no sports on. So of course, this stuff gets floated out there to try to occupy us for the next two months. And I actually can appreciate it because it actually uh, provides some type of entertainment. Um, here's the thing: I, unless the AAC can go out there and get you know poached from the Mountain West and try to create try to be really the first superpower conference out there with a 16-team conference where they can go get BYU, Boise State, take the cream of the crop of the Mountain West, um, you know, San Diego State. If, you, if they can pick off those teams and, and, and maybe try to create that big power conference, uh, super conference, if you will, I, I think maybe it's worth looking at. But if not, if it's, just a, you know, if it's just a swap UConn and BYU out, I think that's just a lateral move, and I don't think it's worth it by, by any means. Um, but if, if they can set the trend of, of trying to be the first mover, um, like I said, maybe it's worth entertaining. I still think BYU, of course, just continues to hold out, continues to ride the wave of independence, and hope that uh, you know in a few years, whenever whenever the, everything's expected to shift again, that they're in prime position to be sw- you know, swept up in, into one of those P- P5 conferences. But um, I think it, you know, seeing what the AAC can put together, I think it's always worth entertaining because maybe you could, maybe you could you get uh, kind of a western side of the AAC, uh, so where your your traveling's not as bad as as it might be, but um, you know, it's fun to entertain. I, I just, I, I still think a P5 school is, or a P5 conference is the way to go. And uh, it's only a matter of time, I think. Uh, and, and yes, waiting in the meantime is painful. Um, but I don't, I don't think BYU is desperate by any means. Um, and I don't think it's worth jumping ship uh, just because there's a, there's an opportunity. I think it's something that Tom will have to evaluate and uh, continue to kind of monitor the landscape of, of what's going on out there and, and make the best decision. Thank you for bringing logic to that question, David. It's, it's a weight game for sure with uh, those big Power 5 contracts on the TV side coming up in 2023 and 2024. Great stuff, man. Uh, follow him and his blue check mark at D underscore Nixon. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you again soon, brother. Okay, awesome, guys. Take care. You got it. Pebble Beach trip to be determined. I think he said he was going to foot the bill for that, right? Well, that was inferred, uh, David, wasn't it? David's headed in a direction professionally that... Uh, That's inferred. I... I I'd probably lean towards him being the uh, primary financial support for a trip like that. (laughs) Sweet. Pebble Beach, here we come. There we go. Oh, again, David joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Coming up, big deal, no deal, which includes... Bo Hodge! Yes. (laughs) 
just pretend you heard Brady Papinga saying Bo Hodge in his voice. And more of your tweets. BYU to the American Athletic Conference doesn't make any sense at all. Love your opinions. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on a Monday, late June. And there are plenty of things to discuss. Oh, my goodness, I love breaking news. We now present today's BYU Sports Nation headlines, part two. Golden State Warriors assistant general manager Larry Harris has confirmed that Jimmer Fredette will play for the Warriors in the Las Vegas Summer League. Jimmer played six games for the Phoenix Suns last season, averaged about four points a game and under 11 minutes per each of those games. The Vegas Summer League runs July 5th through the 15th. I love compelling summer content. You know what else I love? Jimmer playing in the Thomas and Mac. Yes. Yes. Excellent point, yes. my friend. Yes. That was from the V. <laughs> that was from deep. Oh, yeah. Let's go, Jimmer. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Athlon Sports ranks Washington as BYU football's toughest game this season, saying, quote, when a team must replace 13 starters, it's natural to assume this team will take a step back. Making such an assumption with Washington isn't a smart thing to do. Chris Peterson is one of the best college football coaches in the country, and he has more than enough talent in place to keep the defending Pac-12 champions at a high level, end quote. By the way, P5 opponents Utah, Tennessee, and USC finish out the top four in those rankings. And BYU plays a ton of really good group of five teams. Yes, they do. Boise State, Utah State notably. Rivalry games, got to win them. Taylor Sander leading Team USA Volleyball with 15 points. Ben Patch added 14 of his own to help Team USA to a three sets to one win against China in the Volleyball Nations League. Fun fact, another Cougar, Price Jarman, just called up to the Volleyball Nations League roster for Team USA for this week's matches against Iran, Bulgaria, and Serbia. Good luck to all of the guys. Offensive lineman Tristan Hodge told Jay Drew that his cousin Bo Hodge will take a medical red shirt this season to recover from various lower leg and foot injuries. However, Hodge is not retiring and does intend to play in the 2020 season. Our question of the day, does BYU to the American Athletic Conference make any sense continue to send in your tweets hashtag byusn on twitter facebook and instagram coming up we play big deal no deal which includes the avengers i'm guessing you're going big deal on that one look you know how i enjoy a comic book <laughs> plus team netherlands in the women's world cup leveraging the byu sports nation karma are you buying in yet this is byu sports nation BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Sports Nation is on demand. You can watch it on BYUSN.com or the BYU TV app. Listen on the BYU Radio app or where podcasts are found. It's time, my friends, that we discuss a huge weekend and morning, for that matter, of news with Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal, No Deal. Brought to you by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Jason, I want to start. Number one, Jimmer Fredette oh, playing yeah. for the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Summer League. Big deal, no deal. Really? Honestly, is there any other answer than big deal for this? <laughs> it's a big deal because it's Jimmer news. Yes, yes. It's a big deal because it's another NBA team that's willing to see what they can get from Jimmer Fredette. He's getting another opportunity. That's a big deal. I think it's a big deal because I think this is a, a style that actually fits 
Jimmer's game. Now, whether he's going to get an opportunity, we'll see. But this is a big deal. And it's a big deal because these opportunities may not be coming in the future. They, They may be, you know, few and far between moving forward. This is a big deal. For all of the reasons you listed, it features the Jimmer, okay? <laughs> Anything featuring the Jimmer to BYU fans in general is a huge deal. Now put him on a summer league team when you're looking for something to do July 5th through the 15th. I'll be in New Mexico on vacation for part of that. Now I'm thinking uh, I need to make sure that I have my phone with me oh, or yeah. a TV with me at all times oh, yeah. so I can watch every single minute of every Golden State Warriors NBA Look, Summer League. I'm in the same. I'm, I'll be in Missouri, and I'll be watching the games, <laughs> trust me, on my phone. Yes, this is a big deal. You're welcome. Ten days. Make it 11 days of NBA Summer League content featuring Jimmer for dead. Yes. Yes. All right, number two, big deal, no deal. Bo Hodge hopes to play football again in 2020. All right, I'm going to lean towards big deal on this, Jason, and here's why. Because I asked the question last week, not knowing what was happening. I said, what's what's happening with Bo Hodge? Where is he? What's going on? And sure enough, the tweet is released from Jay Drew of the Salt Lake Tribune later that day that Tristan Hodge told him, Bo's going to sit out, take a medical redshirt, and play in 2020. So just because I wanted an answer and I got it, <laughs> it's a big deal. And I really hope that Bo just gets yeah. better. I don't know. Where, who knows what the future holds for him? Does he stick it out at BYU? I know he likes BYU. He likes the school here. He has a ton of friends here. Or does he say, you know what? I finished my schooling. I'm finally healthy. And I want to I start fresh somewhere else for, yeah. and be a graduate transfer. Right. I, look, I, I think it's a big deal because I wasn't sure we were going to ever see Bo Hodge again. Like, you know, he, he didn't play last year, basically, and you knew he was dealing with some, some injuries. So I, I just didn't know what the future held for him. And, you know, it's, it's very difficult if, you know, foot injuries and, and things like that. I mean, you just don't know how that stuff's going to heal. So I wasn't sure, and, and like you brought up, maybe because – the opportunities haven't been maybe to the degree that he would have wanted. Maybe he looks for another opportunity. So the fact that he is saying through his cousin, obviously, that he wants to come back and be here in 2020, I think that's actually a big deal. Sure. Yeah. And in terms of the impact of 2019, obviously, no deal. Right. Because he's not part of the immediate future plans. But yeah, 2020, the fact that he's still around and we still hear his name and now we have an answer. Yep. Yeah, you betcha. All right. On to number three. Maybe you heard by now. If you haven't, where have you been for the first 48 minutes of this show? (laughs) UConn is leaving the American Athletic Conference in all sports, except for maybe football, and we don't know what the future of the UConn football program holds. Does that mean there's an open spot for BYU or another team to jump into the AAC? Is this a big deal or no deal that UConn's leaving the AAC? Uh, It is a big deal. And it's a big deal. By the way, the more the story, the longer it's been out, the more stuff you read, it seems the the least likely uh, scenario is that they go back, speaking of the football team, to the AAC. It seems like they're going to go somewhere else or independent. That seems to be the, the, the one that seemed most likely. But I say it's a big deal because one of the very few times basketball is dictating this move. 
in almost every other scenario, this is a football dictated move. Yeah. For expansion, moving conferences, it's based off of football. Not this case. This is because UConn basketball has suffered mightily since leaving the Big East, and that's their prominent program. I think that's why it's a big deal. And obviously, you know, potentially a big deal for BYU, that kind of stuff. But that's why it's a big deal for me. I saw a stat of the day, or a stat of the day nominee, I should say, brought up by ESPN Sports Center of the UConn women's basketball team, all-time in American Athletic Conference play. 124 games. They played 124 games in the AAC. Yeah. They won all 124. Is that good? It's time for a new <laughs> challenge. Yeah. They, they, their basketball team suffered. In t- you know, in, I don't know if it's prestige or, or just competition level. Go back whatever. to the Big East. Go back to the Big East. Yeah, it, it's, it's a kind of deal. It's a kind of deal. Now, if UConn goes independent and affects BYU's independent schedules in the future, then maybe I start to think, oh, this is kind of a big deal. As far as the timing goes right now, it's just because it's summer. Yeah. Like, if it weren't summer and this happened uh, during a major sports season, we'd all be like, yeah, whatever. But it's because of the timeliness right. of this. It feels big. It's not really that big. All, all right. right. Last the next. One, yeah, last one. Big deal, no deal. Avengers Endgame being re-released in theaters with additional footage. I feel like I'm going to suffer a death of seven fiery suns <laughs> if I say no deal to this from Jason's <laughs> eyes. So just for my own personal safety, I'm going to say, yeah, this is a big deal. Because... Avengers fans were thinking, what are we going to do now? It's it's all over. Well, not really, because the brilliant filmmakers are going to re-release stuff that you haven't seen. Look, this is a big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal because it's more footage. It's also a big deal because apparently $2.8 billion is not enough. Okay? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I understand that they, they want to surpass oh. Avatar, which I don't get why that was such a big movie anyway. I, it was just a movie. It wasn't great, in my opinion. Sorry, I'll probably get hate texts and tweets and stuff from people. It's fine. <laughs> You can go back to watching your, you know, whatever. Well, we made $2.8 billion, but we could make yeah. $3.7 billion. If we're going to do additional footage, I want some significant scenes. I don't want, like, an additional scene where Thor walks through two doors instead of one. You know? Spoiler alert. Thor's in it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is a spoiler-free environment, Jason. <laughs> yeah. uh, big deal. It's a big deal because it's more footage. All right. Yeah. That's kind of the way. There'll be no death from the seven fiery suns. <laughs> no, no death. Coming up, our rise and shout outs. Here's a surprise. Mine may include baseball. Ooh. Plus, the latest from the Women's World Cup. What's going on with Team Netherlands and Team USA? This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on a manic Monday. Shout out to today's guest, former BYU and NFL linebacker David Nixon. The show on demand via the podcast and the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Spencer, let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Cougars in Pro Hoops. 
This news coming in within the last 45 minutes. Golden State assistant GM Larry Harris confirmed that Jimmer Fredette will play for the Warriors in the Las Vegas Summer League. Jimmer played six games for the Phoenix Suns last season, averaging just under four points and under 11 minutes per game. The Las Vegas Summer League is at the Thomas and Mack Center and runs July 5th through the 15th. Football. Athlon Sports ranks Washington as BYU's toughest football opponent this season, noting the Huskies lost 13 starters, but Chris Peterson is one of the best college football coaches in the country, so expect the Huskies to compete at a high level. Power 5 opponents Utah, Tennessee, and USC finish out those top four rankings. Volleyball. Taylor Sander led Team USA with 15 points, and Ben Patch added 14 more to lead Team USA to a 3-1 win against China in the Volleyball Nations League. By the way, fellow Cougar Price Jarman was called up to the Volleyball Nations League roster for this week's matches against Iran, Bulgaria, and Serbia. Cougars in the minors. Jackson Clough doing work already with his first professional hit. RBI over the weekend. Clough went two for five with two walks, a double, two runs batted in, two runs scored. Not bad for his single-A Hagerston Suns. Brennan Lund went two for four with an RBI in the AAA Salt Lake Bees loss to the Fresno Grizzlies. Lund is currently on a seven-game hit streak and has recorded multiple hits in five straight games with 11 runs scored and seven RBI in the same stretch. He is he's working himself into a call-up in September. On Sunday, playing first base, former Cougar catcher David D.C. Clausen went two for four with two runs, an RBI and a walk in the Orem Owls' eight to seven loss to the Ogden Raptors. Softball. Gordy Bravo went one for four in the Cleveland Comets' one nothing win over the Beijing Eagles. Soccer. Here we go. World Cup Day, Jason. The United States women's national team, heavy favorites to win the Women's World Cup in 2019 in a 1-1 tie right now at halftime with Spain. Mm, No better. Knockout stage, winner advances, loser goes home. As for the Netherlands, they take on Japan in the knockout stage tomorrow. Netherlands won their group with the BYUSN Karma. They've won five straight overall. I expect them to beat Japan. It's real, people. The Karma is real. Yes. Now for today's rise and shout-outs. Jason, I'm going with at Kelly underscore BYU fan who pointed out with a video over the weekend. This was awesome. The room I'm sleeping in at my parents for the weekend. And it's decked out in BYU gear and posters with Jimmer and Kyle Van Noy, several Y flags. Huge, huge BYU fans. I love this. She had to feel right at home. She said no one can ever question their loyalty. Does the blue carpet go outside too? <laughs> that was awesome. So good. What I love got? it. Yeah. Uh, my rise and shout out goes to Jackson Clough. You mentioned it a second ago, getting his first hit as a professional. What an unbelievable moment for him and his family and uh, could not happen to a nicer guy. Love seeing him getting his first hit. There we go. Our lead voice of the day presented by Sundance Math Resort celebrating 50 years. BYU in the AAC, as much as I would like to see BYU traveling to the East Coast more often, says Brenton Hoyos, this would likely be too often. Geographically, it doesn't make sense. But if they feel they can make it work, I'm for it. Conversation continues 24-7. Use the hashtag BYUSN on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. For Jason, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Eric Drage. Bye.